When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. His dad said the first thing that he's going to ask when he wakes up is who won the game. <laughs> and sure enough, that's what he did, man. And uh, as teammates, you, you love hearing that response, that the first thing on his mind wasn't, you know, poor me. It was, how are my teammates doing? Did we win this game? And that's powerful in itself, man. And I don't think people really understand the, the bond and the relationship and the brotherhood that you have as an NFL team, especially this one here, guys love each other, and we really do. Um, and for, you know, obviously DeMar to go through that and to come out on the other side and still, again, just thinking about his teammates, that's, that's DeMar. That's who he is, though. The incredible news continues to roll in for Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, and we're here to deliver it all to you on NFL Live. We've got coverage from all corners. We say hello and welcome in to Coley Harvey from Cincinnati and Elena Getzenberg from Buffalo. Coley, you're up first. What's the latest on the incredible progress for DeMar Hamlin? The field incredible is the key word, and I've been saying this all afternoon as we've been updating people on this status of DeMar Hamlin. I haven't smiled myself all throughout our coverage, but I'm feeling so more up, so much more upbeat and optimistic today than I have at any other point. The reason why is because the breathing tube that DeMar Hamlin had been uh, had been living with for these last few days it has now been taken out of him. That happened last night, according to a statement from the Buffalo Bills. The doctors here at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center they came and, and they talked to media yesterday uh, during a, uh, a Zoom news conference, and they said that the next step uh, for him was to get that breathing tube out. That was also a sign that his status would likely switch at some point soon from uh, from being critical to stable. That has not been formally announced yet, but that is that is the next step. And this is this is what it's all about at this point: taking those baby steps, those positive steps, making sure his respiratory function is strong, his neurological function is strong, and to that last point. The communication is strong. He has been talking. He has been communicating, and he's been communicating with his teammates. I know that Elena Getzenberg is going to tell us all about that. Great stuff there, Coley. And as you mentioned, Elena Getzenberg will give us more information on exactly what was taking place on that Zoom between DeMar Hamlin and his teammates. We find Elena outside of the Bills practice facility. It's cold there, Elena. What can you tell us about the message, the message that DeMar Hamlin himself delivered to his teammates? Yeah, field just like Coley was talking about. It is a joyous day in Orchard Park. It is. They are so excited that they were able to talk to Demar Hamlin earlier today. Players, Coach Tom McDermott, General Manager Brandon Bean, all said that it, it, it was exactly what they needed, and it was also partly what they needed because Demar Hamlin showed signs of himself on that Zoom call earlier today. I can't remember the order of things, and it was not a long interaction as you'd imagine. Um, with, with his with his situation, um, um, but he made uh, hand signals, hand gestures. Right of he, the thing that <laughs> makes me laugh is is he did this to the guys, you know, right away. And, um, he flexed, he flexed uh, 
flexed on him, I guess. And uh, uh, he's just got some staple things that they know him for and that he does. And he made the heart the heart symbol probably more than anything. Um, and then he gave him a thumbs up. So, uh, and then somewhere in the midst of, of that, and it was a little bit hard to hear, but he, as you'd imagine, he said, uh, he said, I love you boys. And uh, of course I think I got the guys, so. Man, we got our boy, man. You know what I'm saying? That's all that matters. We got our boy. The excitement was beautiful. It was amazing. Uh, it has given us so much energy, so much, you know, bright, high spirits, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it has given it to us uh, to see that boy's face, to uh, see him smile, see him go like this in the camera. It was, it was, it was everything. So, uh, and then to hear him talk to us, uh, it was, it was literally everything and uh that's what we needed literally that's all we needed those emotions are going are going to now extend for the bills into their game against the patriots on sunday right here in orchard park and they are going to be honoring demar hamlin in a variety of ways during that game one of those is that they will be wearing a number three patch on their jerseys for the game. The Bills are also currently discussing ways to honor the first responders and the trainers that helped save Damar Hamlin's night life on Monday night. Those discussions are still underway, but this is going to be a really big game for many reasons on Sunday. Alina, all great to hear, and thanks for your incredible coverage all week during a very, very difficult time for the Buffalo Bills organization and Damar Hamlin. And from that, with uplifting news everywhere, we say hello to our A-plus panel. You see them left to right. Ryan Clark sporting the DeMar Hamlin jersey and looking absolutely fantastic in doing so. And, of course, Mina Kimes and our guy Marcus Spears, Swagoo. RC, this is your first chance on NFL Live to address this entire situation. What's your reaction been to how all of this has unfolded? I mean, I think the first reaction is thank God. The, the second is that prayers work. Um, and third, I'm so happy that my next opportunity to speak to all of you and my first opportunity to speak on this show about DeMar Hamlin, it's about happiness, it's about positivity, it's about great news. I think as a sports world, we were all hanging on to any information or any communication that we could get about DeMar's progress. And to hear yesterday that he had an opportunity to wake up and he was responsive and he was able to ask who won the game. I think that was just exciting in itself. But now to know that he's got an opportunity to speak to his team and to see the excitement in his team and to hear Josh Allen talk about the character of the man and the brotherhood of the NFL. I think what DeMar's injury showed is not just about the brotherhood of the NFL. I mean, I think it's much like this show, whether it's Phil Yates and you're from where you're from, you grew up the way you did, Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark. The one thing we do understand is family. Mm. The thing we understand is that when you have support and, and when you go through things, there are those who love you who will not leave your side, who will not leave your bed. And DeMar Hamlin has had an entire country that came together and did this. We put differences aside, we put team alliances aside, allegiances, and we put ways and different things that sometimes keep us divided. And we put all those things aside and we came together to watch this young man heal to pray and to will him back to us and to back to his team and to see what he has done to affect to affect affect the entire country but also now the way that he's energized his team i just think it's truly such a blessing and so much good will come from what demar hamlin went through and Monday night at about 10 o'clock, I didn't know if I'd ever say that. Yeah, it's all incredible perspective from you, RC. It's been great to hear your thoughts. 
all week, really speaking for a lot of players that I think feel what you just conveyed. Swagoo, uh, there is a game on Sunday, and I think it starts to feel like it's the appropriate time to talk about football again, as the Bills have kind of made that mm -hmm. clear after all you've heard from this team over the past couple of days and what we have heard from them about what DeMar Hamlin has said. What do you expect to see on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, brick wall meet bills. Brick wall don't stand a chance, bro. Mm, that's that's how this gonna go. Listen, we talk about this news coming out. This news galvanizes. Like these guys, when, when RC has been in this situation, I've been in this situation. When you have, like we all like the cliche and say we're playing for something. Mm. Well, they are playing for something that is different than any other team in the NFL. I don't want to go as far as to say that this will propel them to the Super Bowl, but it damn well might, okay? But I know this week against the New England Patriots, and, and look, I know Patriots fans are like, they want their team to win. It, this may be the hardest game every <laughs> single New England Patriots player has ever played in to try Straight to get up. a win in the NFL. Sure. This is what this is going to do to this team playing with that extra motivation, but also that extra energy that we saw Dawson talk about, that we saw Josh Allen talk about. They are riding for each other in a different type of energy and a different type of tone. We like to say, I'm with my brothers, I'm fighting my battles with my brothers, we in the trenches together. The Buffalo Bills are in a situation and in a mindset, and obviously I don't want to downplay what they potentially have to get over after seeing what they saw. But when this team comes together to try to commit to winning a game and accomplishing a goal, nobody else will have that type of motivation going forward. I mean, again, we can't reiterate enough that, of course, DeMar Hamlin's health and the progress that he is making is more important than any game played. But the Bills play the Patriots, as Swagoo just said. They have a chance to get the number one seed plus a playoff by and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. As we go on the field, if we can, what are you watching for? Well, you know, setting aside the psychological factor, the motivation the Bills have, they're a better football team, mm. right? I, mean, I think we would all agree. They're a better yeah. football team than New England that Patriots. Part. Really, the way I see it, the Patriots only have one advantage that could present some problems for Buffalo, and that's at the line of scrimmage. This Patriots pass rush, especially after yeah. getting back Christian Barmer, who's so disruptive on the inside. You have Josh Uche, who's an ascendant edge rusher, and then, of course, Matthew Judon is very good, and I actually think is probably better than the Bills' offensive line. So on that side of the football, I'll be looking to see how they create time for Josh Allen, whether that's moving the pocket, using more play action, throwing out of heavy personnel, which is something I think the Bills are very good at. Um, there's a lot of levers that they can push to try to alleviate that pressure because on the other side of the ball, the Bills have a huge advantage when it comes to facing the Patriots offense. Yeah, you know, I, it's been a long week. We are not out of the woods yet for DeMar Hamlin. He still has a lot of progress to make. But I think it feels good for everybody, <clears throat> including the Bills, to be talking about football being played on yeah. the field as they've made clear. That's what DeMar Hamlin wants the focus to be on at some point as well as he is continuing to make progress. We do love to see that. We are just getting started here on NFL Live and all eyes are on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers this Sunday night with playoff hopes on the line. But someone here thinks this matchup will come down to Green Bay's defense. Plus, the league has officially canceled the Bills-Bengals game and a proposal has been approved. What does it mean for the rest of the AFC playoff picture? We'll discuss it next. Bring a pen and pad. It's complicated. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Free Game Headquarters is brought to you by Domino's. Get a taste of variety when you order off the Domino's Mix and Match menu. NFL Countdown has you covered all weekend long for the Week 18 season finale. Countdown kicks off the weekend on Saturday at 3 Eastern on ESPN and ABC. Getting you set for Chiefs, Raiders, and the Titans and Jaguars, our doubleheader. Plus, on Sunday, Countdown is back at 10 Eastern on ESPN to get you set for the final day of the regular season with live coverage in Buffalo and across the NFL. All right, now for an update from the Domino's pregame headquarters with some major news impacting the AFC playoffs. Buckle up. The NFL officially canceled the Bills and Bengals game and has enacted the following changes for the AFC playoff picture. The AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the Bills and Chiefs met in the game with both teams having the same results in Week 18, whether that be win, loss, or tie. It would also be held at a neutral site if the Chiefs and Bengals meet in the championship game if both Kansas City and Buffalo lose this weekend and the Bengals win. Cincinnati has effectively won the AFC North title with the cancellation, but should they lose to Baltimore on Sunday and the teams meet in the wild card round? How about this? Home field advantage would be decided by a coin flip. Go figure. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor offered this on the proposal earlier today. Quote, we just want the rules to be followed. When the game is canceled, you turn to winning percentage. You don't have to make up the rules. It's black and white in the rule book. Then when we point out the rules and we're told they're going to change that, I don't want to hear about fair and equitable when that's the case. It's opportunities lost for us. We had control and now we don't. There are positives for a lot of teams, negatives for us. I feel like a college professor right now. And frankly, as somebody who didn't understand much in college, I kind of feel uncomfortable right now. Swagoo was taking notes. Mina's the smartest person in ESPN. I'm not sure she has it all sized up. Swagoo, I'll start. I know you got this all written down. Does Zach Taylor have a point? <laughs> uh, Babyface, listen. <laughs> I think it's Professor Babyface right I went now. To, I, I went to a great college, okay? I learned a lot. I'm not as dumb as people may think I am. 
I, that that is too confusing. So I'm gonna focus on I'm gonna focus on what Zach Taylor saying. I get it. 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 But everybody would have a gripe in this particular situation, yeah. and that's the thing that I think we all got to remember is that it's just so unprecedented that the way this transpired, and then too at the time that it transpired. All right, let's remember that as well. Like th this is. It's fair for Zach Taylor to say, yeah, we missing an opportunity. And then if it, if it was another way around, Kansas City would be like, well, they didn't play as many games as we played. But we all need to keep the main thing, the main thing about why this happened. And I'm not trying to – Zach Taylor was wonderful. The Cincinnati Bengals were wonderful, tremendous in everything that happened on that Monday night football game. But I think somebody was going to come out of this um, maybe not overly happy, but – it was just going to be unfair yeah. to someone. Yeah. Um, and I think the NFL is uh, trying to make it work, but ultimately, like, disappointment or somebody being upset or angry about the format and the way it was going to play out was inevitable. It's very confusing. Um, for me, the way that I've tried to kind of puzzle it out or think about why Zach Taylor is upset here is thinking about the lost opportunities that he's alluding to. Had the game been mm -hmm. played – the Bills had a shot at the one seed. The league is accommodating them a bit by saying, okay, you lost that shot, but potentially the home, there, there won't be home field advantage for Kansas City. That's sort of their accommodation. The Ravens, if the Bills had beaten the Bengals, had a clean shot at winning the division. So the league's saying, all right, you're going to still have a shot at winning the division against Cincinnati, um, you know, even if the absence of a game makes the winning percentage, puts you at a disadvantage. The Bengals, and this is key, they had a shot at the two seed. And the, bang, the NFL's not really accommodating them in any way. Now, they could have lost the game, to my point about the Ravens. So they're saying just beat the Ravens. And I think that's where this um, makes it a little bit hard to feel too bad for the Bengals because they're playing a Ravens team that's going to be missing Lamar Jackson. It's going to be either Tyler Huntley, a quarterback, or potentially their third stringer, Anthony Brown. If they lost that game, I, I think it'd be hard to find someone who's like, wow, the Bengals really should have won the division after losing to the Ravens twice. But I understand his logic there yeah. because they actually they have been accommodated the least out of every NFL team. I just got to tell you, it, it brings yeah. me so much relief knowing that even Mina was struggling with figuring out all <laughs> the various confusing. scenarios in the AFC playoff picture. Bruh. Like me, like P-Brain size guy. And I was just like, okay, like – this is confusing. If Nina feels confused too, then I think we can all say it's okay to be confused. Here's what I, I do know. Stressed. I know, Swaggoo, I'm with you. The one thing I do know is that the easiest way for the Bengals to avoid that coin flip situation would be to defeat the Ravens this weekend. And Lamar Jackson won't be on the field for a fifth straight game. That according to head coach John Harbaugh, the team could be down to its third string quarterback as Tyler Huntley. He's nursing shoulder tendonitis. Harbaugh did say there's a good chance he starts on Sunday, so unlikely to have Anthony Brown as the starting quarterback. Let's go ahead and pick this game, though, and I don't know where this graphic came from, but it makes me laugh. Swagoo, you are up first, my man. What is happening there? I'm going Bengals, man. Joe Burrow is playing at a high level. Mina just mentioned what the Ravens are dealing with on the offensive side of the ball, and the Cincinnati Bengals are a better football team at this point in the season. I know that they lost to Baltimore earlier this season, but this is a better football team. They've gotten better since that point, and Joe Burrow is playing as elite as anybody in the NFL right now, so I think they take care of business.
I've also got Cincinnati. I don't think we'll see that coin flipped, uh, and I think the league would be happy if that w was not to happen. Um, part because I think for Baltimore with Tyler Huntley, the best case for their offense would be the run game being dominant, but Cincinnati has a very good rushing defense. DJ Reader, Reader in the middle of that defensive line has been lights out, and I think they'll be able to stop the Baltimore Ravens on the ground. Watch this. Back. Hey, listen, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> as well. When you think about what this offense has been able to do, the way that Jamar Chase and also T. Higgins has been playing. Tyler Boyd made the big play against Buffalo early. And Samaje P. Ryan and Joe Mixon in the backfield, I think this team is just too good offensively for whether it's an Anthony Brown-led or Tyler Huntley-led Baltimore Ravens offense to score enough points against that defense that Mina has always mentioned and keep up with what they can do with Joe Burrow and all of these great skill players in Cincinnati. Yeah, the Ravens are going to the playoffs, but they are limping into the postseason. We're all on the Bengals in this one. We have plenty more ahead here on NFL Live, and let's not forget that a year ago, King Henry and the Titans were the top seed. Now they're trying to stay in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence says the Jaguars surging. Is there any chance for Tennessee to reclaim the division? Find out next. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Mas Fina. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Got a huge doubleheader on Saturday. Lots of playoff implications. First, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs take on Devontae Adams and the Raiders, 415 Eastern, 115 Pacific. Laura and Dan on the call for that game. Then Jaguars Titans at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, with the AFC South title on the line. Both games on ESPN, ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Lots of options there. All right, time for smart line of decisions informed by IBM Watson. We told you about that win and in game on Saturday night between the Titans and the Jaguars. Derrick Henry, smart add to your fantasy lineup. He's expected back after missing last week for the Titans, who have a tough task with the red hot Jaguars. Get this, the last time these two teams met, Trevor Lawrence torched the Titans in week 14. Throwing outside the numbers specifically, he had over 230 yards and two touchdowns. Been a trend for Lawrence since the Jaguars turned it around in week nine as the second-year quarterback leads the league in QBR on passes outside the numbers, throwing 11 touchdowns and zero picks. Tennessee's defense over that same span has allowed a league high in pass yards on the outside, nearly 300 yards more than any other team. Yikes! RC, I'll start with you. How big of a mismatch might, how big of a mismatch might this game turn out to be? 
You know what's crazy is you asking us that question about midseason would have seemed crazy. We never yes. thought we'd get to this yeah. point. But I believe that, that, that this game can be an extreme mismatch. First off, the Tennessee Titans aren't who they used to be. Derrick Henry and this run game isn't as vaunted as it once was. The back end of the Tennessee Titans is totally decimated by injury, even though they'll get some guys back. And that rush that we're used to seeing isn't there. And Trevor Lawrence is playing absolutely out of his mind offensively. What Doug Peterson has done with this team has been absolutely amazing. Travis Etienne showing that explosiveness in the run. And guys like Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk coming up big as skilled players for them offensively. That's allowing just uh, Trevor Lawrence to ascend and to be one of those top quarterbacks as far as talent is concerned. I think that this team comes out, plays well extremely early, and makes a statement that the NFC South is theirs, not because the Tennessee Titans have faltered, but because they have risen as the team to beat in that division and a team that's going to be a tough out early on in the playoffs. Swagoo, I know this game feels... Oh, sorry, Mina, go ahead. I didn't mean to jump in there for you. No, I, I, I completely agree with Ryan. I think we all agree, by the way, that the Jaguars' offense has been trending in the right direction for some time now with Trevor Lawrence playing the way he is. My question and the one I'd like to see answered in this game is about the Jaguars' pass defense, particularly the pass rush, which at times has looked really dominant and promising, but has been a bit up and down this season. Um, since coming back from injury, the first round, first overall draft pick, Trevon Walker, has been rushing more out of a three-point stance, and it seems to have unlocked something in him. You saw this on display against Houston, uh, where they pressured Davis Mills on 54% yeah. of dropbacks, mm. which according to Next Gen Stats is the most pressure the Jaguars have gotten since week one of 2017. Y'all remember how good that defense was. Now, as we look to this game, you're facing a Titans offensive line that is incredibly banged up, and then potentially in the first round of the playoffs, you'd be going against the Chargers where you could have an advantage there too. So I'd really like to see this pass rush continue what we saw last week in order for me to feel good about this team in the playoffs. Swagoo, I got a bit, of my head of my, head, a bit ahead of myself, but it is now time for me to ask the question I was <laughs> going to ask, which is, if the Titans have any hope, what is that hope? Yeah, babyface, I, I, I used to listen to this group, right? And I, they, the name of this group was Arrested Development, and they had a song called Tennessee. Okay, and the song Tennessee said, take me to another place, take me to another land. That's what they're going to need Derrick Henry to do. Derrick Henry <laughs> is going to have to take this Tennessee Titans team, put them on his back, and try to take them to somewhere that no one believes that they can go. Yeah. And we all know that he's going to have to be the catalyst offensively, right, with Josh Dobbs coming in. And then defensively, a place that they've been able to hang their hat on is their defensive line, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Archery, Dupree, these guys are going to have to play out of their minds. The two strongest units are the strongest guy offensively, but the strongest unit on this defense are going to have to play out of their mind in order to try to have success. The Derrick Henry key is important because Mina brought up the offensive line for the Tennessee Titans and talked about the pressure that the Jaguars can get. Well, you know, if you don't want that to happen, you're going to have to run the football and they're going to have mm -hmm. to run the football. I think Derrick Henry need a minimum of 30 touches in this game if the Tennessee Titans have a chance. Not only does it keep Trevor Lawrence on the sideline, that's really the only way that we see them potentially Marcus, having success in this game. You're saying run the What's ball? Up, no, no way you're telling people to run <laughs> the ball, Marcus. Wait till we get to Lions back. I will say, though, there has been a time yeah, in the wait, past. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, wait. Yeah, there's Jim been a time Wayne. in the past, though, after a game, a victorious game, where yeah. Mike Vrabel said to his team, the difference between us and our opponent is we have Derek bleeping Henry. We'll see we if that's Derek the case. Henry. 
on Saturday night. We are all on the Jaguars, Tennessee. so maybe not so optimistic as the Titans fans might Tennessee. want us to be. All right, it's time now for our DraftKings Sportsbook. Same game parlay and swagoo. Let's make the people some money. Let's start here. Overall, got me doing five it. passing touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. What do you think here? Uh, over, brother. Patrick Mahomes finna go crazy on Las Vegas. The number one seed is up for grabs. The Kansas City Chiefs are absolutely going to want that. And Mahomes is going to be the truth like Mahomes is the truth all the time. And the Raiders got Jared Stidham starting. And I like Mahomes in that track meet. Okay, and of course, could be for the MVP. How about Juju Smith-Schuster? Is he going to lead the Chiefs in receiving yards? No, this will be by committee. Pat will spread that thing around. Listen, don't forget, Max Crosby and them boys still up front now. He's going to have to get rid of the ball a couple times a little bit earlier than he wants to. And I think he's going to continue the trend that he's been on with spreading the football um, around to these offensive weapons because that's when they're, they are more effective than anyone in the league playing offense. And probably the best bet is Travis Kelsey, of course. All right, now I'm going to speak to your heart. Is our guy, Chris Stone Cold Jones, going to have a sack on Saturday? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> is the game going to be played? Are they going to be people out there with uniforms on? Chris Jones is going to have a sack against Jared Stidham, one of my favorite interior defensive linemen in the league. Chris Jones has a sack in this game. Okay, sure there you have it. I love hearing Swagoo talk about defensive linemen. It's like he's, he's just preaching to the rest of the world. Yes, yes it just does something to my spirit. Hear. Of course it is. All right, so to come here at NFL spirit. Live, the Dolphins, they were at one point atop their division. Now they're fighting for a playoff spot. RC thinks there's a piece of their offense they've gotten away from. Stay tuned to find out what that is. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus a special shout out to any Ohio viewers in our audience who can now bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and use code NFLLIVE when you sign up. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. No. Steps up in the pocket. Nelson Aguilar, who pulls it in. Tua looking. Wide open. Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. He's loose to the 40. Unbelievable! Let's go! 
get the no pals out again because four teams are still alive for the seventh and final playoff seed in the AFC playoff picture. The Patriots control their own destiny. They win, they're in. The Dolphins, they have to win and have the Patriots lose. The Steelers would need to win and have both Miami and New England lose. And should the Jaguars lose on Saturday night against the Titans, they could still get in with losses from Pittsburgh, Miami, and New England. My brain is once again in a pretzel. Time for us to see what's on trend for these games. I'm going to give our analyst a stat about a current trend, and they're going to tell me, is it going to continue this weekend? Mina is, of course, up first. We start in New England, where Mac Jones has looked like a completely different quarterback on third downs in recent weeks. In his first 11 games of the season, he was one of the league's worst quarterbacks on third down. Over the past two games, his QBR has increased by 80 points. He's already thrown more, uh, twice as many touchdowns without a pick. Mina, do you think this sort of solid play on third down can continue for Mac Jones on Sunday against the Bills? I think it can if he does something that he's been doing lately, which is getting the ball out quicker. This really jumped out to me in the Miami game. Um, he wasn't under as much pressure because of his quicker release. Before that game, Mac Jones on third down took the sixth longest time to throw in the NFL, 3.05 seconds. In this game, it was down to 2.67, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in NFL time, it's a lifetime. So if he can keep that up, it'll help neutralize that Bills pass rush and I think make, make that – New England passing attack more effective than it was in the early part of the season. Let's go from New England to Pittsburgh as Penny Kenny Pickett has been excellent in the fourth quarter the last couple of weeks. He's on the go ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter in each of those two games and has posted a QBR of 92 in those outings. That's quite the turnaround after throwing no touchdowns and five interceptions in the fourth quarter of his first 10 games this season. RC, do you see this trend of good play late from Kenny Pickett in games continuing on Sunday against the Browns? has shown that he has ice water in his veins. It's probably because everywhere you play in the AFC North late in the season, it's cold as hell. But when you think about the things that we've seen from him against the Las Vegas Raiders late, also the Baltimore Ravens, these are games where the offense didn't necessarily have it clicking the entire game, but he made the throws and obviously the scramble to the left, the finish to Najee Harris against the Baltimore Ravens, and what's the biggest rivalry in the entire AFC North. I expect him to continue to play this way, but maybe not need that last last game winning drive because of the defense and how stellar they've been playing throughout the season. All right, let's go to Miami where their pass defense has been struggling during this five game losing streak since week 13. The Dolphins defense ranked 29th in both receiving yards and yards after the catch while being tied for allowing the most receiving touchdowns. They've also been blitzing opponents at the highest rate in the league over that span. Swagoo, should Miami consider dialing back the blitz given up how much they're allowing through the air and after the catch? Yeah, baby face, if I was throwing you in the ocean with no damn life jacket, wouldn't you tell me dial back throwing me in the ocean with no life jacket? I would do Listen, that, man, yes. This is, Josh Boyer got to stop putting these guys in man-to-man -man situations so much with no help behind them. And I know it's going to be tempting because Joe Flacco is going to be on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And in your mind, you're going to want to heat him up. And you're going to forget that Garrett Wilson is out there matched up man-to-man -man against one of your DBs with no help. I think they improved just by scheme and dialing back the pressure. Okay, I got that off my chest. And just a reminder <laughs> for the Dolphins on Sunday, it's not quite like Mahomes versus Josh Allen, but it's kind of close. 
Skylar Thompson will start for the Dolphins RC and Joe Flacco is back for the Jets. Uh, head coach Robert Sala made some sort of comparison to like an old Flacco? pickup truck in Joe Flacco earlier on in the day. Let me ask you though, has this Dolphins oh, offense been found out a bit in recent weeks by opposing defenses? <laughs> you know what? I think they have. And when you do something good, you tend to go to the well time after time after time. And when you have a Jalen Waddle, you have yeah. a Tyreek Hill, you're going to understand that that play action game and that kind of RPO game where you get the football out of your hand, you throw the football into windows and allow them to have run after the catch. That's something that was working extremely well early on in the season and also during their five game winning streak. But now we see that defenses understand that they can play away from Tua's eyes. They understand that they also need to play the route runners and not necessarily the quarterback and where he leads you to early. Another thing I'm trying to figure out is why this team doesn't stick to the run a little bit more. When you come from that Kyle Shanahan tree or you come from that Kubiak tree, you understand that the run game leads to the pass game. And this isn't a team that is consistently called that. Now, I get it now. When you see something that's so pretty and it works so well and it puts points on the board, you want to continue going to that, but you have to start from the front in order to work to the back. And that's something that Miami Dolphins have not been doing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I also think, though, there needs to be some tweaks in the run game. This is something that really jumped out to me against the Patriots, Ryan. It was mostly just outside, inside zone, but they were getting bodied at the line of scrimmage. Uh, there's this stat I like called success rate, which is basically is a run successful based on down and distance. And according to PFF, they didn't have a single successful zone run in this game. Now, Babyface, he's not just a pretty face. He also uh, is an excellent analyst. He mentioned on my podcast that they didn't use Alec Ingold as much as they normally do. That is something that I was a little bit taken back by. So I think in this game, if you've got Skylar Thompson playing quarterback, Mike McDaniel, who was, of course, the run game coordinator with San Francisco, needs to find a way to get that run game going because otherwise you don't have a chance against this Jets pass rush. Tell them, Mina. Tell them, Mina. And the other definition for getting by it means you got slapped asleep. And that's what's been happening to them in the run <laughs> game. Listen, man, I'm going to go this direction, right? Like, we have watched Andy Reid use Tyreek Hill as a, as, a, as a pun and also to take people out so many times. And I can't for the life of me think that when you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill that you can't create run game off of zooming these guys across the line of scrimmage or even getting the ball in their hands early in screens when you're not having success. Defenses have to respect 10 and his speed no matter where he catches the ball. The one thing that has been overall arching with this losing streak that the Miami Dolphins has been on, and I know it's been turnovers and you've been dealing with quarterback issues, Y'all, do y'all remember when Tyreek Hill was trending towards being in the MVP conversation mm, yeah. in the mm, NFL? Yes. Mike McDaniel yeah. has to figure out a way for him to impact these games beyond deep shots and beyond the normal routes that we see thinking this is going to come off of RPO. I'm not so sure it's going to be easy, though, on Sunday with Skylar Thompson under center and that Jets secondary, specifically those two perimeter corners, playing the way that mm -hmm. they have of late. The Jets Ooh. are skidding, but it's not because of, of course, Sauce Gardner Maybe and face. DJ Reed. Maybe face. If he, can't, if he can't throw a screen, he need to come sit with us. Oh, all right. He come do that anyway. You put Orlovsky on the hot seat, he's kind of, he'd be our quarterback. I won't tell Dan, I promise. Who knows if he's even <laughs> watching. Dan's too busy out in Las Vegas making money on the craps tables to be watching us here on NFL Live. We are not done, though, here he on bro, NFL he Live. Cheap. Is he cheap. Uh, he ain't going to spend no money. Enough.
of the Vegas is the wrong place to be then. The Packers season comes down to a Sunday night showdown at Lambeau Field. Here where Marcus thinks this game will be a battle of the trenches. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, we're back, and here's a reminder of the path to the one seed in the NFC this weekend. The Eagles, it's simple. They control their own destiny. They win, they have first round bye and home field advantage. The Cardinals need to win, excuse me, the 49ers need to win over the Cardinals and the Eagles to lose. Meanwhile, the Cowboys need to beat the Commanders and have both Philadelphia and San Francisco lose to move into the top spot. Oh, by the way, the Giants probably aren't going to play key starters against the Eagles. To the positive front for Philadelphia, they are looking likely to have Jalen Hurts on Sunday as he has missed the past two games because of a shoulder sprain. Officially questionable, but head coach Nick Sirianni said he's trending in the right direction because of that shoulder frame that has cost him the past couple of games. All right, Mina, what are you, you going to be watching in this Eagles and Giants game, which the Eagles are heavily favored in now? Yeah, this is a bit of a tricky one because we don't know how long Giants starters are going to play, if at all. But I do want to see the Eagles look dominant on the ground as they did before Jalen Hurts was injured, something that's been kind of up and down since then. Uh, this Giants run defense, even with their starters, is not very good. That would give me more comfort uh, with this team headed into the playoffs, especially with Jalen Hurts coming off this injury. You don't want him to have to use his arm uh, to throw them out of trouble. You'd rather that they be dominant on the ground again. Yeah, the Eagles just need to win one. That's all they got to do, win one, and hopefully the advantage is there. Let's get to the final wild card spot in the NFC. Here's a look at how all that breaks down. The Packers, like the Eagles, they control their own fate. They win over Detroit no matter what happens elsewhere they are in. Lions need to beat Green Bay and have the Seahawks lose to the Rams. Meanwhile, Seattle needs to win and then have the Packers lose to Detroit. A lot of complicated things today on NFL Live. RC, what's the matchup you're watching in Rams and Seahawks? You know what, I'm interested in watching DK Metcalf and Jalen Ramsey. We watch this matchup a ton of times, and these dudes go head-to-head. -head, and a lot of times, DK gets his, and we actually don't really talk about it. And these two guys have a relationship like Mina Kimes and goal line fades, like Marcus Spears and belt buckles. Every time they face off against one another, it is actual animosity. So I can't wait to see what step this next part takes in this competition because we saw Sauce Gardner have a little... A little, uh, okay, I'm rapping fine. Uh, okay, Swagoo, you're up. What are you watching the Lions-Packers game? I'm rapping fine. Lions run game. Listen, RC going to get on me about it, but this is what the calling card is going to be for these guys. 
And ultimately, this is what they do best in order to get Jared Goff going and the reason why they're not turning the football over. I don't think it's talked about enough how dynamic Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift is with the ball. That's why they can have a, a, a detailed, intricate run game where they can do multiple types of schemes because both of these backs offer you that. I think the uh, Detroit Lions got a real shot at this thing as we continue to talk. RC, can this, cap, can this Packers defense keep up the success that they have had recently? They have been a turnover-forcing yeah. machine. Well, if you look at what Jared oh. Goff does is Jared Goff gets it to the play-action game. And in the play-action game, since week nine, Jared Goff is the top quarterback in the entire NFL. Three touchdowns and no interceptions. And inversely, if you go to the other side with the Green Bay Packers, they're 27th in the entire league. Gosh, I sound like Mina Collins. Boy, I've been waiting on this moment the entire show. I don't even want to talk no more. And so, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you truly are looking for a way to find your win. Is it going to be by stopping the run game, getting them in third and long so the play-action game isn't as valuable for them? So, to me, early downs are going to be extremely important because if you allow Jared Goff to get in the rhythm that he's been in the last few weeks, he's a guy that can absolutely eat you up. Mina, on the flip side for the Packers offense, how do they match up with the Lions defense, which has been, how to put this kindly, vulnerable at times this year? <laughs> Up and down. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's funny, right? Because to Ryan's point, the Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, have been winning because the run game, but also defense and special teams, which is quite the plot twist. I think their offense, however, is going to have to lead the way in this one. And I think they're perfectly capable of it because it's a pretty good matchup for them. Uh, the Lions' run game is good. The Packers' rushing attack might be even better, especially over the last few weeks as they've gone more under center. I think they'll have success there. The other thing that I think they'll have success doing is preying on the inexperience of the Lions linebackers with RPOs, misdirections. This Packers offense is not explosive, but I don't think they have to be in this one. They just have to be efficient, and I think that's a formula that can carry them to success in this one. Yeah, MK, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. And I, I want y'all to I, – I, I thought about this and worked on this graphic because we've been talking about the Green Bay Packers and creating all of these turnovers. And I hit my man Buggy up and I asked him, our researcher, what has the rush attempts look like against the opponents in this win stretch with the Green Bay Packers? And look, y'all, like this is, are you kidding me? When you start talking about the Green Bay Packers and how they have had the fewest opponent rush attempts in these games, and then coincidentally, we talk about their ability to turn the football over. Let me make this clear. This is a completely different situation that they're going to face with the Detroit Lions and their commitment to making sure that they're running the football. Turn On the other side, Green Bay has thrived in that area with the outside toss, obviously, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in between the tackles. Figuring out a way to beat teams down in that way, that's why I think this matchup is going to be a good one and take us all the way into the fourth quarter because the Lions are going to commit to running the football. That's just their identity. No question about that. Should be a fun one to conclude the NFL's regular season. So let's go ahead and pick this one. Swagoo, you are up first. Man, I'm taking the Lions, man. I think this team comes out, and I know that in Lambeau in December they are undefeated, but this is January, and I've seen them lose games in January in Lambeau to the San Francisco 49ers, by the way, who yeah. ran the ball at a high <laughs> rate, by the way. So I'm going to go Detroit Lions, galvanized behind Dan Campbell and the opportunity to get into the playoffs for the first time in 155 years. My heart <laughs> says Detroit. My head says 
Don't pick Jared Goff over Aaron Rodgers in the freezing cold in Lambeau. Uh, no. So I'm taking the Packers. I don't uh, feel no. great about it. I also think there's a very large possibility the Lions might not actually be playing to get in the playoffs, uh, which was a decision made by the NFL, and I'll leave it at that. Motivation, yeah. Hello? Who's this? Salty. My Nuggets? Oh, hey, Nuggets. Green Bay, nuggets. thank you. Once again, my Nuggets have, I consulted with my Nuggets, and my Nuggets feel Green Bay. A lot of what Mina says and what Marcus says, I feel those things too, but we're talking about Lambeau Field, Aaron Rodgers, and a division that he has yeah. just absolutely dominated, and a team under Matt LaFleur that seems to understand their winning identity. Even if it's not what they truly want to be or how they truly want to look, they found a way to win. Okay, I'm going to go with the Packers as well with a lot less spirited answer than what RC just delivered. We thank everybody who has been a part of this show this week and watched the show this week. It's been a trying week. Football on Sunday. None of y'all going to be able to go to Motown with me, and I'm going to tell Bear Gordon, don't let you in. <laughs>